Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Okay. So, big dreams coming up for the second half of the year? Yeah? Only one person with a big dream. Uh, that is amazing. I am so excited uh, to be hanging out with my family, my Soul City Familia. Uh, yes, I, lo- I love you people. Uh, I love your pastors. They are some of the, the wisest, uh, most godly pastors that I know. They've been mentors in my life. So we, can we just give it up real quickly for Jarrett and Jeannie? Um, just so grateful, grateful to them. And um, gosh, how many of you guys were here the last time I was here? It was 2019. So there could be a lot of people that, a few of you, yeah, I, I did a message called Kill the Spider. Um, and, and, and again, I just talked about uh, agreements that we make. Uh, sometimes we make agreements with lies. Uh, and those agreements get in the way of us living, honestly, life to the full. And, um, and, and this is, honestly, I was sitting there praying um, during worship, and this is really just a continuation of that idea, a continuation that God has so much for you. He's got so much. We just finished singing these incredible songs, and I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times when, you know, I'm singing, it's your breath in my lungs, and I'm like, is it really, though? You know, like, it doesn't feel like it, God, because a lot of times we come limping in here. You know, we, we come limping in here, and, and as much as I love, like, the, the beauty of songs that we sing, like, we come in with, like, our tragedies and our trauma. And what I want to let you know is that, like, Jesus can resolve those things this morning, like, like all of them this morning. And, uh, again, during worship, I, I was brought to uh, this story that I, I want to— in scripture that I want to start off with this morning. This isn't in my notes. This is something that Holy Spirit just gave me while I was there. Um, but sometimes it's hard to believe all this stuff. It, it really is. You know, and I, I want to give those of you that are like, I just don't know. I, all this Jesus stuff. Like, I know there's a lot of really smart people in this church. But, but I need to let you know that like, like your relationship with Jesus is going to have to move from your brain to your heart. It's going to have to move from your head to your heart. And a lot of times, that's only 18 inches. It's 18 inches from your brain to your heart. But I'm telling you, until you experience the powerful presence of Holy Spirit in your life, and not just learn about Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to be living life to the half. You're not going to be living life to the full. And, and, and the story, I want to let you know, because I want to let you know that it's okay to doubt. It's okay to, to, to struggle with, with uh, I, I just don't know, Jesus. Like, is all this stuff real? I mean, because when you think about it, we believe the craziest story ever. Like, if you, you come to a church, you believe that, like, there's a God in space somewhere who sent a human being that's his son but is also him to earth to walk around for a few years after he made a bunch of friends and started doing like the craziest miracles and then was murdered, literally murdered, was put in a grave and then he got up three days later and started walking around for a few more days being like, hey, hey, I made it, I'm okay. And then he ascended into heaven. That's what we believe. That is crazy. 
I need to tell you that, that that's some crazy talk. Okay. So for those of you that are like, I don't know if I can believe that I get it. There's mornings I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't know, man. Am I getting, am I getting fooled? But let me tell you, it's, it's okay to doubt. Let me tell you why. It's all over scripture. Jesus' own disciples doubted him, his best friends. I mean, this may be my entire message. I, 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 may, th- I may throw everything out because I, 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 just, I just really feel like there's people in here that, that feel bad for doubting. And I want to let you know, you don't need to feel any shame for that. Because God is not intimidated by your doubts. He's not worried about, oh, I, I got I to figure out a way to convince another one. That, 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 that's not what he's worried about this morning. I mean, l- let's go to Mark chapter 9 real quickly. Um, there, there's a story in Mark chapter 9 about, about a father that, that brought his, his son, his child, um, to Jesus. And, and I, I love this. And how Jesus, in spite of his doubt, this man's doubt, this man came to Jesus because he heard that Jesus can pull off some pretty cool things. And it says in verse 17 of Mark chapter 9, Out of the crowd one man answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Where, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Right? Like, again, how many times have you asked Jeannie and Jared to do something for you, but they couldn't pull it off? It's because they're not the ones that are supposed to pull it off. It's Jesus, right? And Jesus replied to them. Oh, I, and I love this part about Jesus. You know, so many times we can dress Jesus up as like just, just the kindest, you know, just softest. Like, come here, buddy. Like, like let me put, but, but th- this is what Jesus says. You unbelieving generation, exclamation point. Okay, I need to let you know, Jesus, he didn't mince words. Exclamation point. How long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. Okay, so he's talking to his disciples here. He's looking at his best friends going like, come on, guys. Have we not figured this out? Bring me the boy. So they brought him to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. How long has it been happening to him? Jesus asked the father. From childhood, the father said. And many times it has thrown him into the fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Any parents in here ever praying for your children? For for something for your kids? Jesus, please have compassion. Heather and I have a 20-year-old who's in love with a boy. Have compassion on us, Lord. (laughs) Then Jesus said to him, if you can believe, everything is possible to the one who believes. And here it is. This is what I want us to get to. This is... 10 minutes I didn't know I was going to teach on this morning, but just, just, this is, this is for you that are struggling with unbelief. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. Do, do, do you hear that? I do believe, but help my unbelief. So it's actually possible to be in both spaces at one time. 
And, and that's the place sometimes that we can start feeling like crazy. We can start feeling like, well, am I a Christian? Like I believe, but also God, I don't believe. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay to struggle with your belief. And, and, and some of the stuff we're going to talk about this morning is going to be hard to believe. Because when you open up the, the, the word of God, which is living and active, there's some things in here that it's going to tell us to do that are going to be hard to believe. But I, I, I want to let you know, you can believe and struggle with your, your belief at the same time. And Jesus will show up. And God is not worried about your unbelief. And so what we're going to do is just lean into, uh, I think, three ways that you can, with everything you can, step into that unbelief and allow God to change that for you. Um, John 10.10 says, uh, for a thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is Jesus talking. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the half. Oh, is that what it, is that, that's not what it says, right? It says to the what? Oh, to the full. But, but, but then why is it, Jesus, that I feel like my life is to the half? Why is it if we look from just, let's just rewind two and a half years ago to now. I mean, if, if there's ever been a few years that have made us come into an agreement that Jesus actually only intends to give us life to the half, it's been the last two and a half years, right? I mean, I mean we, 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 can, we can just take a look at some of the things that have happened, right? I mean, we've got, we had a pandemic begin. We, the Olympics were canceled. Racial unrest, the economy collapsed, unemployment, a presidential election that made us hate our own family members. We're, we're exhausted. Like it just keeps going, keeps going. Mass shootings, all the things keeps going. So what do you actually mean, Lord, life to the full? The, the accumulation of event after event after event after event begins to erode our confidence that God intends for us to be part of something grand and good and reduces us to a survival mindset. But can I tell you something? Jesus has not called the church to merely survive. Jesus has not called Soul City Church to merely live life to the half and maybe wait for things to get better. Because can I tell you something? We live in a fallen world. And we can begin to make an agreement that life to the full means a fat 401k, a nice house, you're a, a nice car, everyone's healthy. That's actually not what life to the full means. Life to the full means that in spite of not having a nice house, in spite of your family dying, in spite of the relationship ending, you can still experience the fullness of God's glory in your life. That's life to the full. That's what it means, right? And so, so that's what we're going to get to. So don't make an agreement that you're just going to get life to the half. Because you can get life to the full. So, how do we do this? Uh, the first step I want us to lean into is, and I love how you shared this earlier, entering rest. I, I believe this may be the biggest key for many of us experiencing life to the full, is actually entering rest. Everyone in the room say, enter rest. Enter 
rest. What does God have for us in our rest? When I say rest, I mean, if you want to begin to really hear the voice of God, because I believe every single person in this room was created with the capacity and ability to hear the voice of God. But a lot of people don't hear the voice of God anymore. And I, I believe it's because we're going so fast. We're moving so fast. The, the speed at which we go by at life was not the speed in which God created us to live. You know, I, I, I am uh, walking right now at three miles an hour. That's how fast a human being walks. Three miles an hour. What in your life moves at three miles an hour? Tell me. Nothing besides you, besides everything that you were created to be, right? Nothing moves at three miles an hour. I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have, have it here in Chicago. You have everything in Chicago before anyone else has on the planet. But in Nashville, we have this thing called Amazon Prime Now. It used to just be Amazon Prime, remember? It's like, oh my gosh, I can get a book in two days. That's amazing. Now, with Amazon Prime Now, you can get it within an hour, like you can, it's, it's crazy. Everything moves so quickly, but I don't think we were created to move at this speed. And we want to learn to hear the voice of God. We've got to learn to slow down. We've got to, if you want life to the full, maybe your pace needs to be to the half, right? Maybe, maybe the way to catch up with God is actually by slowing down. Think about that. I mean, I mean, it's all over scripture. I mean, literally, it's all over scripture. First, let's look at how, let's, let's convince ourselves that we actually are, were created to hear the voice of God. We talked about John 10, 10. Let's just rewind 10 verses to John 10, 1 through 4. Watch this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. We are sheep. There's been a lot of people last few years trying to cut me down by calling me a sheep. And I look at them and I'm like, I am a sheep. I'm supposed to be a sheep. That's what scripture tells me. And it says that because I am a sheep, I get to listen to the shepherd. I get to hear the voice of God. We get to hear, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by what? By name. God will speak to you by name. I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. This is what it tells us here in scripture. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they what? They know his voice. Friends, we were created to hear the voice of God, know the voice of God, and understand that he will speak to you today. He, he will speak to you today when you enter rest. You see, we, we've got to enter rest. We've got to slow down. We get to a red light, just a, a red light. And like this thing's on the seat right next to us. And we're just like, oh man. And you're seeing it all the time. I mean, I've, I already have four notifications since I started preaching. It says, bzz, 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 bzz. and we can't even wait 30 seconds without picking this up. Like, oh, I wonder if somebody liked my last Instagram post. You know, like we, we, we don't know how to slow down. But when you slow down, when you enter rest, you will hear the voice of God like you've never heard it before. This isn't just a 2022 problem. 
This isn't just a problem that we're struggling with. You know, if you go rewind all the way back, turn back to Exodus in Scripture, you have a perfect example. I love this example of the Israelites, God's chosen people, and they knew that they were his chosen people having a hard time slowing down and listening to his voice. But let me show you what can happen when you enter rest and slow down. Watch this. In Exodus, if you go to Exodus 14, my translation says this. When the Israelites saw the king and his army coming after them, they were very frightened and they cried to the Lord for help. Now, let me tell you what's going on here. The Israelites, they've been slaves for hundreds of years. The Egyptians had been like beating them down. And finally, they're given freedom. Okay, they're given freedom. And so Moses has them running as fast as they can. And they're like, sweet, like we're, we're heading towards the promised land. But then they end up at the edge of, it, of an ocean. And they're like, oh no, like, what are we supposed to do now? Like, and then they look behind them and they see an army coming behind them. So they start to freak out. And that, that's where we find ourselves. When the Israelites saw the king and his army coming after them, they were very frightened and they cried to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, what have you done to us? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in the desert? There were plenty of graves for us in Egypt. We told you in Egypt, leave us alone. We'll stay and serve the Egyptians. Now we're going to die in the desert. You, you see what's happening here? They're, they're, they're freaking out. Like, like, I don't know about you guys, but how many times, we can judge them all we want. Like, guys, you're free. You're finally free. Why are you freaking out? But how many times have we been given freedom? How many times has God given us freedom from something? And the second we face a little bit of drama in our life, we start going, oh my gosh, I just want to go back to my chains. And I love Moses' answer. But Moses answered, don't be afraid. Stand what? Ah, there it is. Stand still and you will see the Lord save you today. Stand still. Not speed up. Stand still. That was 47 seconds of stillness. And you guys were freaking out. It's so quiet. Why isn't he talking? Did he forget his next line? What's happening? I know. I saw it in your faces. It was only 47 seconds. Be still and know that I am God. That, 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 the reason why that was so loud, that, that may have been the loudest 47 seconds some of you guys have experienced in a long time. 
is because we fill our lives constantly with noise. But the way to hear the voice of God is when you lower the volume of life, the volume of God goes up. Lower the volume of life and the volume of God goes up. You, you want to find freedom? You want to go to the promised land? You know what happened when the Israelites finally stood still? The sea split wide open after they stood still and they walked to the promised land. How many of us are missing our promised land because we're trying to figure it out on our own and God's like, stand still and I'll split that sea wide open. That is where we need to get to. Stand still. Do it. It's going to be hard. But I promise the voice of God is going to boom in your life. So we enter rest. And then we enter war. Everyone in the room say enter war. Okay. We, Christianity is not a vacation. It's not. Christianity is a battle. It is war. Okay. That, that's why scripture says to put on the full armor of God. It asks us to do that every single day. When I was a kid, there was like a little song about the full armor of God that I was singing in preschool. And like, I put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the helmet of salvation, shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. And I remember I'd, I'd sing that song over and over. And it was like a cute thing. And I remember thinking to myself, that's just pretty cool. I'm putting on armor. The reason why we have that scripture is because every single day we're going to be facing warfare. And we've got to be able to enter into war with the knowledge that we are prepared and that the enemy's already lost. Why is he lost? Because we've got everything we need in the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've got it all already. Okay. So as we, as we lean into this enter war section for a second, just understand that. that you, the battle's already won. We, we just get to the space now where we understand what we have available to us to enter into warfare. And this is what we need. Remember, all of this is going to give us life to the full. Everything's going to be opposed. John 10.10 10 is going to be opposed. You know, remember John 10.10 10 says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Those are warfare words. But a lot of Christians translate that to, a thief comes to irritate, bother, and annoy. Right? That, that's, not, that's not what it says. <laughs> Like the, the enemy's not here to like bother you. He's here to completely destroy you, like annihilate you. So you've got to understand the importance here, right? How, how, do, how do we get there? What, what do we do? You know, I, I struggled with anxiety for many years of my life. My wife's sitting right here. She, she, she saw me go through this season. And in that season when I was struggling, I was a Christian. I loved the Lord with all my heart. I was praying, I was begging every single day that the Lord would heal me of my anxiety. And I remember getting frustrated, getting to that place of unbelief like the Father. Like, God, I've been praying for 10 years. Why haven't my heart palpitations stopped? Why haven't my panic attacks stopped? And I started getting frustrated. But guess what? I wasn't actually battling the way Scripture told me to battle. Because I was actually, I was doing everything on my own. And, and there's a lot of great things you can do on your own if you struggle with mental, mental health issues, whatever. I did for a long time. I got better, right? I, I, went to, um, I went to the doctor. I went to a psychologist. I went to my therapist. I started exercising. I started eating better. I started taking 20 milligrams of Paxil. All of these things were very helpful to me. They were. And guess what? I got about 40%, 50% better. And, and, and when you're at 0% and you get 50% better, you feel like it's 100, right? Oh, man. Like, like I started walking around with a little bit of a swagger, like, whew, like, look at me. I'm 50% better. But remember, John 10, 10, does it say I've come that they may have life and have it to 50%? 
So why in the world would me as a Bible-believing Christian think that that's all that I'm going to get? Can I tell you something? When things began to shift for me was when I began to believe the crazy stuff. The crazy stuff was, guess what? God, Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you can experience your healing to 50%. Now listen, this is, this is going to rub some people. Because I know that there's a lot of us, myself included, that are still waiting for 100% of a lot of things. But if scripture tells us that that is his will, why in the world would I not go for it? Like if we know that that's possible, why am I only praying for like half of it? So I started to, I started to pray for full healing. I started to pray for 100%. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I was so incapacitated. I couldn't get up on a stage to sing, to speak. I couldn't do anything. And I remember thinking like, well, you know what? Maybe I'm just supposed to get my 60% until I get to heaven. Jesus Christ did not die on a cross so that I can wait to heaven. Actually, if you look in scripture, you, you never actually see in scripture, you're going to get your healing when you get to heaven. That's actually not in the Bible. But how many of us say that to people all the time? And the reason why we, why we don't want to say that is because what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does? I mean, there's where I want us to start leaning into. I want us to start leaning into the, the, the possibility that this gives us. Not the impossibility that it may not happen. So you know what I did? I began to change the way I prayed. I began to look at the way Jesus prayed. And I realized, huh, I've been praying all wrong. When I looked at the way Jesus prayed, this is crazy. You can check me on this. Jesus actually never prayed the problem. Ever. Got me? Go look. He never prayed the problem. Jesus only prayed the promise. Whoa. Everything shifted, right? Because guess what my prayers were? Oh, God, I am so anxious. Oh, God, I'm so depressed. Oh, God, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh, God, I am so in need. Oh, God, I'm so worried. Do you hear what I'm saying while I'm praying? I'm actually making an agreement with the enemy while I pray to God. I am depressed. I think the enemy's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, say that again. Say it louder, please. I love that prayer. Ah, that's not the way we pray. Can I tell you something? I shifted my prayers, and I began to pray the promises of God in Scripture. I began to counteract the agreements with the lies that I'd made. And this is where warfare happens. Instead of my prayers being, I am so worried, I'm overwhelmed, I am so anxious, I am so depressed. I went to, I am the body of Christ and Satan has no power over me for I overcome evil with good. I am of God and have overcome him for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. I'm far from oppression. Fear does not come near me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper for my righteousness is of the Lord. Whatever I do will prosper for I'm like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. Can you feel it? You know what you're feeling? You're feeling the word of God being living and active. Testimony. People will overcome by the blood of the cross, by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. My testimony is, I don't stand here 60% healed of anxiety. I stand here 100% healed of my anxiety and depression. 100%. Like 100%. If I would have even remotely had the, the thought that that could happen five years ago, before I started shifting the way I prayed, I never would have believed it. I'm off my medicine. I'm off everything. I'm healed. I'm whole. Does that mean I don't struggle? No. I'm human. We're in a broken world. There will be struggles. But don't believe that it can't happen.
believe that it can. Our hope, excuse me, our help is in the natural. Very helpful things. I'm grateful for my doctor, grateful for all those things. Our help is in the natural, but that stuff's not hopeful. Our hope is in the supernatural. Our help is in the natural. Our hope is in the supernatural. Our help is in the natural. Our hope is in the supernatural. I need you to understand that there's a lot of very helpful things that the Lord has given us minds and doctors and medicine and all that awesome things. I'm a big believer in all that stuff. I still go see my therapist. But he's not my hope. My hope is in the full work of the cross. Switch it. Start praying the promise instead of praying the problem. I'm all kinds of out of time. But let me, let, 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 me, let, let me get us to this space. We, actually, I'm just going to go here. And actually, if the, if the band can come, um, I'm going to skip the end here for this. Because it, 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 it can get to an to a un, unbelievable place, right? Like, okay, Carlos, well, he healed you of your anxiety, but I've been praying for 27 years and he ain't healed me yet. I need to let you know um, that even Jesus' disciples in Matthew 26, his own disciples that were with him every single day, every single day, the number one phrase that he said to his disciples more than anything else in the Bible is, O ye of little faith. Little faith. These are his best friends on planet earth that are walking around with him, seeing him, do all these miracles. He kept having to be, come on, oh, ye of little faith. You don't believe me yet? You don't believe me yet? Even after he promised them the resurrection, even after they knew that he, that, that he was murdered and then he heard, they heard from Mary and Martha that he'd risen again, they still didn't believe. And so Jesus shows up after he's been raised from the dead. And he shows up in Matthew 26. 16 to 18, and he says this. This is awesome. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them, because he told Mary and Martha, tell them to go to this mountain. I'm going to meet them there. So they start walking there. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Still, after it all, some of his disciples still doubted. And these next three words, four words, change everything. It said, then Jesus came near. In their doubt, Jesus still came near. So even when you doubt, Jesus will still come near. I know there are a lot of people in this room that are doubting right now. I know. And I want to let you know that Jesus will come near to you today. And so I'm, I'm going to do something that I don't know if I'm even allowed to do this. But Heather, even if you would, you would come and, and, and pray, if, if there's anyone, in, I, want, I want you guys to stand up to your feet. If there is anyone in this room that simply wants is saying like the father said, I believe, but help my unbelief. If anyone in this room wants help in their unbelief to get 
from life to the half to life to the full, I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you right now, right now, I'm not going to wait for any like special time. If you want prayer, come kneel right here. And some of the staff will come up here. They will pray for you. I will pray for you. We will sing this last worship song. The whole band can come out. And I want to let you know that it's okay to say, I don't believe all the way. And right now, we're going to begin to pray that Lord will slay our unbelief. So all across the altar as people are coming forward right now, and if any of the volunteers or staff want to come up and pray, the band's going to come out. We're going to start singing a song that I believe can begin to shift our unbelief. So I'm going to pray. Lord, right now, I just ask right now, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection, all of these doubts that come up to this altar in the name of Jesus, we just command those doubts to leave and to flee this room by the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Jesus Christ, I just ask right now that you in your full magnitude and full force begin to invade our minds, our spirits, our souls, and allow us to fully feel who you are today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.